Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. How many seen that comeback last night, amen, with the Jaguars? Oh, my Lord. Man, Chargers thought they had it, amen, 27-0, amen, and lost it 31-30. My, what a, what a game, amen. Praise the Lord. But come on, we serve the greatest comeback king, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, he came back. He rose on that third day, amen. So come on, he's the greatest comeback, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Today, I want to minister on love on God's love in the house. Amen. His love is a light to this world. Amen. We are carriers of his light. I have a candle up here to represent the light that we represent to this world, this dying world. We are the, he is the light of the world and we are carriers of that light. Amen. Love is the key to everything that we do as a church. Come on. We don't just do it to do it. We don't do it because we're asked to. We do it because we love to. Can somebody say amen? Come on. It's everything that we do. Love brings breakthrough. It really does. Amen. And it releases your harvest. It releases your blessings. It releases the promises that God has spoken over you. It's done through love. Love is going to be the key in 23. Hallelujah. I'm going to do some rhymes right here and break it down. Amen. Praise the Lord. But love is going to be a key in 2023. And as we do it in love, church, not just, not just any type of love, but when we do it with our first love. Hallelujah. Come on. When people fall in love, it becomes their world. It becomes their life. Come on. Married people say Amen. Come on, be, that becomes, my, my, my wife is my world. She is my life. She is my, my everything. Amen. Amen. She is my rib eye. Hallelujah. Amen. I love rib eyes. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I just love rib eyes. Amen. Praise so If I can look at her as a rib eye, hey, 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 I'm going to calm down right here. Amen. <laughs> but people today... Listen, people today don't fall in love. They fall into lust. See, when I got saved, I started and started serving the Lord, amen. I fell in love with Jesus. He became my everything. He became my world, and he is still that today in my life. And today, I want to minister a message entitled, Get Back. Somebody say, say get back. Get back to your first love. Mm, remember that first love? Mm, can you remember those? Can you remember those times alone with him? Times just thinking about him? Times that you just rejoiced in him? That's the kind of love I'm telling you today. Get back to your first love. Come on, church. Do you remember your first love? Or have you lost that loving feeling? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Never mind. I ain't going to sing. Some of you guys don't even know that song. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've seen Top Gun, amen, the original one, 
you know what I'm talking about. Oh, my wife's taking it here. But listen, love is not just a feeling, but love is a choice. I want you to follow me, church. The things that we do for God and the things that we do for his kingdom must be done in this kind of love. We choose to serve him. We live for him because we are in love with him. That's why I'm here today. That's why I minister the word. That's why I do the things I do and the way I live because I love Jesus. Come on. It's not just by a feeling, but by a choice. In the midst of my storms, uh, in the midst of my circumstances, uh, in my sickness, I still choose to love him. That's love, right? Married people, right? Remember the, the vows for better, for worse, for richer, for richer? No. For poorer? Come on. See, I got your attention there, huh? You're like, oh, yeah, so, Sometimes we can go through love as a repetition of what we hear instead of what we, what we need to do. But it, we got to remember those things, amen, is through sickness, through health, whatever it is. See, nothing's going to take away my love for God, amen. Though sickness may come my way, amen, I will still love God. I will still serve God, amen. Just like we were talking about Brother Vernon, amen. He's gone through some troubles. He has faced heart attack after heart attack, uh, surgery after surgery, and he still chooses to love God. That's love. Come on, that, that, that's really a first love there. It's a love that just captivated your heart and, you, and just got your attention. Can somebody say amen? I want you to turn to the book of Revelations, chapter 2. Starting at verse 1. And I'm going to read 1, one through 5. <coughs> Revelations chapter 2, 1 through 5. And it says like this, Write this letter to the angel of the church of, in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know all the things that you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know that you don't tolerate evil people, and you examine the claim of those who say they're apostles but are not. You have discovered there are liars, and you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this one complaint against you. You don't love me or each other, as you did first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove the lampstand from its place among the churches. The Message Bible puts it like this in 4 and 5. It says, but you walk away, but you walk away from your first love. Why? What's going on with you anyway? Do you know, do you have any idea how far you have fallen? A Lucifer fall. Turn back. Somebody say, turn back. Recover your dearly love. Don't, no time to waste, for I am well on my way to removing your light from the golden circle. Amen. 
Let's look at the church of Ephesus today, known as the Loveless Church. Paul ministered in Ephesus for three years, warning them that false teachers would come and try to draw them away from their faith. And, and we see that that happened in Acts chapter 20, verse 29. And those false teachers did come and cause many problems in the, the Ephesus church, amen. But the church there resisted them. John, the author here in Revelation, spent much of his ministry in Ephesus, and he knew that they had resisted all those false teachings. Now, the one who walks among the seven lamb or the uh, seven golden lampstands is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. How many know that he still walks among the churches today? Amen. Indicating his power and authority over the churches and their leadership. The church of Ephesus was blowing up. If you look at the church, amen, I mean, it was huge. It was getting bigger, but it became a very proud church. And Jesus' message to them was, don't get too big-headed. Tell your neighbor, don't get big-headed. <laughs> Come on. His message say, no, I know you guys are blowing up. I know you got, got, you're getting huge, amen, but don't get big-headed. I, Jesus speaking, I am the head of the church, and I am the one that's doing all this, not you. Tell your neighbor, take your hands off what belongs to God. Come on. No one can receive any credit here. All glory goes to the one. Come on. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. I'm here to let you know that God cares about the church. Cares for his church, amen. Jesus cares about the body today. And these seven letters to these seven churches in the book of Revelation indicates that. In each letter, Jesus told John to write about specific people, places, and events. And he praised the believer for their success. And told them how to correct their failures. As he cared for the churches back then, he cares for his churches today. Tell your neighbor, he cares about you. Everyone, every single one of you in here in the church, he cares about you. And as I said before in another message before, amen, that he's passionately in love with you. Come on, someone say, thank you, Lord. He loved you when no one else loved you. He loved you despite of you. He loved you. Come on, somebody say thank you. Jesus wants his church, listen, to reach its greatest potential. I, as a pastor, my wife and I want you to reach your greatest potential. I'm not here to be the biggest church in Las Vegas. I'm not even here to be the best pastor. I'm here to make you better. I'm here to make you better. I'm here to make you that you receive the highest, highest potential that you can reach in God. That is my desire. That is my want. Amen. That you be better. How many want to be better? Come on. Better, not bitter. <laughs> Come on, we got to be better. But how many know that in serving God, some people become bitter in doing the things they do for God, and they don't do it, listen, 
in love. So when you have no love factor in there, it's not part of the, of the foundation that you're building on, then you will serve not in love but in bitterness. I want you to follow me, church. PCLV, as we worship. Now, me enjoyed that worship. Hallelujah. Wasn't that awesome? Did you feel the unity? Uh, did you feel everybody was just flowing? Come on. And I looked around. I started filming this. I said, I got to get this because uh, who knows what happens next week, amen. So I'm, I'm going to get it right now, amen. Make sure everything's cool right here. I'm going to show them. Hey, remember this? Because sometimes we need some flashbacks. Come on, sometimes, you, you know, I, I love looking at, at Facebook at times to post our things, but then there's those things called memories that flash back, and there's a lot of flashback memories of our church, and I go back and I say, oh, man, I remember when they used to. Or maybe you see a picture yourself and you don't do that no more. So sometimes we need some flashbacks, hallelujah, not, not old flashbacks from the world. Come on, I'm not talking drug flashbacks. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the flashbacks of what God has done in your life that brought you to that first love. Come on, I, I, I gotta, sometimes we got to be reminded and say, God, take me back. Take me back to the altar where I first met you. Come on, somebody. Come on. Listen, church, when we worship together and we serve together, we become God's vehicle for change in this world. Come on, a vehicle for change for your family, for the co-workers, whoever it may be. We become God's vehicle, not only in the city of Las Vegas, but for our world. Come on, but we, say I, I. we have to take it seriously because God does. God's not just playing church. God's just not just having a good time with us. God is serious about saving people's lives. That should be our main priorities to win. That's part of our banner, right? Win. That's the first thing of our, of our, our vision. Come on, is win, build, serve, send. Say that. Win, build, serve, send. That is our vision for this church, church. And the first thing is to win the loss. We got to win the loss. That is God's heart, is to see the, the loss get saved. See, over a long period of time, the church of Ephesus stood firm in their beliefs. They refused to tolerate sin among its members. You have to understand that the church of Ephesus, amen, uh, this city was not an easy city. It was just kind of like Vegas. Come on, somebody say Hello. Come on. The city was known as for immoral sexual practices, idol worshiping. Come on. This city, amen, was drawn to idols. I think it was mentioned even through worship about idols, that we need to take those idols before us and put God first. Amen. There was a lot of things going on in this city that resembles some of, of our city here. We are living in times, listen, church, of sin and sexual immorality. It is popular. Listen, the day, the time right now is popular to be open-minded to many types of sin today. Come on, that it's okay to drink. Hello, come on. It's okay to shack up. It's okay for great gay relationships. It's a gay, same thing for same-sex marriages. And I'm not talking about what's going on in our world today, church. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm talking about the church. And they're calling it 
personal choices or alternative lifestyles. I'm calling it sin. God calls it sin. He calls sin, sin, church. Not the person, not the individual, but the act. We, we have to let the people know that this is, what not, this is not what God likes. He loves the sinner, does not like the sin. Come on, that doesn't exempt us from all. All of us are sinners. We're still sinners, church. I'm no different from any sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That, that's all it is, but I'm still a sinner. I still need Jesus. Come on, there's things that, that there are temptations that are pulled on me, and all of us here, church, we have to make a choice. The same God that called us sin back then is the same God that calls it sin today. My God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, 3 to 4 says this, be, There will come a time when people will not tolerate sound teaching, but they will collect teachers who will say what their itchy ears want to hear and, and because of their self-centeredness. They will turn their backs on the truth and turn to myths or to lies. The definition of self-centered is this. Concern solely on one's own desire, needs, or interests. Come on, these are the ones that are coming in, amen, uh, coming into our government system, coming into our church system, amen, who will change the truth for a lie and a lie into a truth, and it's being done inside the church because they want to be politically correct. How about being godly correct? Come on, church. We can't just compromise. We cannot just say it's going to be okay. We got to tell the people the truth because people are going to hell. And we got to tell them out of love, church. Come on. I love you, but your sin's going to take you there. Let me show you the Bible. Let me show you the word, what it says in the word. His word, not my words. Right? God's word. And God brings out the word to tell us the truth to set us free. Will we still have urgencies to do or, or, or tendency to do certain things that we don't like to do? Yeah. We all do it. We have to battle every day. I, I battle every day. You battle every day, right? Even Paul says the things that that I, I hate doing, I end up doing. And the things I should be doing, I, I don't do at all. So all of us have that battle. All of us face that temptation. So it doesn't matter what sin it is. Sin is sin. Can somebody say amen? amen. And so we got to think, what does God think about it? How about being just godly correct in the church today? And if it offends you, I offend you in love. Not to shame you, not to anything, because I'm no better than anybody here. But I do it in love. Can somebody say amen? amen. Listen, when, a, when a, a body of believers begin to tolerate sin in the church, it lowers the standards and compromises the church as a witness. God's approval is way more important than the world's approval. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Come on, we must use... And we must stand on God's word, period. Period. There's no black or white, amen. 
Come on, it's yay or, or yay and nay. That's it, amen. Yes or yes or no, amen. That's all there is in the Word of God. There is no middle ground. There is no gray area, amen. It's a yes or a no, period. God's Word is period. We have to stand on that today, church. Not what people around us are willing to accept. Come on, let's not be the church that starts saying or agreeing by saying, oh, that's how they used to do it back in the old days. Woo, come on, let's sneak in the church. Oh, that's how they used to do it back, back in the old days. Amen. But that we as a church set a standard for what is right and what is wrong. We have to set the standard, church. Come on, we can't be that church. Oh, they did it back then, way back then. Oh, you're stuck back in the old days. This is how the new church looks like. Well, the new church needs to get right. And the new church needs to repent. Because they're going to be the ones in the last days. Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I do this and this in your name? He's going to say, away from me, for I never knew you. Come on, this is when the church gets those that get left behind from the rapture. The rapture's coming, church. Come on, are we living that way, that they, to preparing ourselves? Or are we thinking, oh, we got time. Time to play around. Time to do what we need to do. No, no, it's time to get right. And it's time to repent, church. And we got to use God's word as, the, as a standard in our life. Can somebody say amen? Come on. See, Christ amended or commended the, the church of Ephesus. He gave them high praise. They said, man, man, you guys work hard. You guys endure. You don't tolerate evil people. Come on, you examine those that are false prophets, amen, and you guys suffer without quitting. I got I to gotta hand it to you guys. You guys are, man, you guys are all right. I mean, you, you read these things, and, and these are some great characteristics of a church. I mean, this, is, this should belong to every church. But these efforts... These characteristics, amen, these things that they were doing on the outside, come on, were done, amen, not from love. They were doing it, and, and they're working their way to heaven. They were doing it and standing and being firm, but they weren't loving people. They were bashing people, kicking out people instead of loving them. Love, church, should be our motivation. Love is what drives us, amen. It must be done in love. Not according to the world's standards of what love is, but to God's love, the agape love. The love that reached out to you and I when we didn't deserve it but overlooked our faults and loved us despite of us. Church, is called grace. <laughs> Remember the amazing grace? How sweet the sound that saved a what? A wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm... I was once blind, but now I... See, we, we forget that, church. He loved us when we were messed up. Come on, he didn't accept us once we started signing up for classes. After eight weeks and Sister Miranda says, okay, then we'll be okay. I'll love you then. 
Come on, he, he accepted you right there, right there, messed up, tore up from the floor up, smelly, stinking from the things of the world. He came to the altar and God embraced you and loved you and accepted you right there and then, and he forgave you on the spot. Woo! That's, that's awesome. You came in tore up and you walked out still tore up, amen. But you were happy. <laughs> I'm saved now. I got a family now, amen. I got hope in Jesus. I, I can look to him. You know what? He's going to put my life together, amen. You fell. That's what I fell in love that right when he accepted me. I felt his love, amen. He says, we're going to do this, son. We're going to make this, and I'm going to put everything back together in your life. And it's going to look better than it was. Come on. Hallelujah. Freedom. I didn't know how it was going to look. I didn't know how it was going to be, but, but I trusted God that he was going to do it. <laughs> I still trust God that he's going to do what he's going to do. What he says he's going to say, he'll do. He's a man of his word. Whatever he says and whatever goes out, it accomplishes what it says he's going to do. So if he says this, guess what? It's done. No questions, no. Okay, I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to leave you anyway. Okay, I'm going to trust God. Never mind. <laughs> well, trust God, amen. You can talk all your madness, girl. God's going to heal us. You can talk all your madness right here, boy. God's going to heal us. You got to make some stands, church. Are you making stands for your marriage? Are you making stands for your kids? Are you making stands for your finances? Make your stands and trust God, church. Uh, come on, he will do what he's going to do in your life. He's a good God. Can somebody say amen? Come on. He's a God of love. Overlooking everything within our lives where the world looked at you as a mess up, a nobody, I don't want him even working for me. God says, I choose you. And I love you the way you are. Come on, somebody. Come on, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7 says, love is patient. This is the love of God right here. Love is patient. Oh, how many help there? <laughs> Hallelujah, come on. <laughs> love is kind. Oh, help me. <laughs> come on, we need help, amen. Come on. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no records of being wrong. Merry people, don't keep the record. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never gives up. Let me say, love never gives up. Come on, God will never give up on you. He'll never give up. You can walk away. He'll never give up on you. He'll go chase you. And never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And if you go down to verse 13, it says, these three will last forever. Faith. Hope and love, and the greatest of these is amor. Amor. Hallelujah. 
See, both Jesus and John stress the importance of loving one another. It is proof of the gospel. It is proof of who God is in our lives when we love him and each other. Jesus said in John chapter 13, 34 to 35, So I'm giving you a new command. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to this whole world that you are my disciples. How's the world looking at you today? Come on, somebody. Then John says in John, 1 John 3, 18 through 19, it says, Dear children, let us not be merely, let's not, let's not merely say we love each other. We're good at that. Oh, I love you, sis. Love you too. <laughs> and then we go talking about them after church. Amen. Come on, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so that we'll be confident when we stand before God. Come on, somebody. When you stand before God, you can't fake that love. Hello. Come on. Listen, church. In the battle of maintaining sound teaching, sound doctrine, conflict will sometimes weaken or destroy our patience and affection or our love for one another. We got to stand on the word, church. Come on, sometimes this, this comes in and it weakens the church. No, we got to stay solid. Come on, even if it offends, we offend in love, church. Come on, we got we to remain. We got to remain. Uh, is it? Is it? Uh, well, that's the old church. We're the new church. No, no. We stand on the word, church. Come on, we know. Come on, you know what sin is. Don't try to Google it. <laughs> Don't try to go around it. Amen. Well, Google says, <laughs> you know, Siri says, come on, don't depend on these devices, church. When you want to know, go to God's word. <laughs> come on, his word has not changed. It's the same thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, have you ever lost your patience with someone who is not accepting sound doctrine from you? Or truth? I mean, you're trying to love them, but... but they seem like you're badgering them and you're coming. Well, it's probably your presentation. It's probably how you're doing it, church. Come on. Now, come on. When we start to come with sound doctrine, people get defensive, right? Come on. And sometimes, listen, sometimes we, I, the church, don't react back in love. We respond the way they're responding to us. Well, then go to hell, you know, whatever that is. <laughs> Come on. Die in your sin. And we start badgering them for their sin. Come on. It's the truth. We've all done it. We, got, we need God's heart. We need God's love. That when he responds, you got to look in through urgency. you got to look to them that they're lost. Amen. It's not their fault. It's how their thinking process is. You're going to have to talk to them. And only the love of God, church, can change them. You don't change nobody. Only Jesus does. Amen. Share the love of God. Pray for them. And agree that we're no better than you are because I'm a sinner just like you. But let me tell you about a Savior. 
that came to die for me, and he died for you too. That God so loved the world that he sent his son to pay off your debt. To open your eyes. Ephesians chapter 115 says this. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere. Come on. We see here that Paul commends the church of Ephesus for its love. It's love for God and for people. But at this time right now in Revelations, many of the OGs, got any OGs in the house? I'm an OG. Come on. OG. Amen. We're talking about people that have been saved for a long time. Hallelujah. Sister Bloom's an OG right there. Look, she's just an OG right there. Come on. She's seen the movement of how Praise Chapel started. That's OG, amen, amen. Come on, we've been saved a while. You, you're OGs, amen. Don't come to me, amen. You've been saved five years. I'm an OG. No, you're not, no. That's what's happening here, amen. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he, he, he commended them. They, they love God. These were the OGs, amen. Now, many of the OGs are gone. They died. And many of the second generation believers have lost their zeal for God. That's why when we turn over the things over from OGs to new Gs, <laughs> they, better take, they, they better take some of those OGs with them, amen. Because the OGs, listen, established all this. Not that God can't use the new OGs or the new Gs, whatever you want to call it, 5Gs, whatever, amen. But you got to have the mixture of the old, don't lose that. Talking to the young generation out there, young. <laughs> Come on, you, you need us. Don't write us off. Okay, you're done. <laughs> you're history. No, 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 you still need us. Don't get any ideas, Brandon. Hallelujah. <laughs> you're going to need daddy still. <laughs> Come on, many of these OGs were gone, amen. Uh, this old, new generation, come on, were doing things. Uh, they were active. Uh, they were a busy church, amen. They did a lot for the church, a lot for the communities, but they were acting out of wrong motives. How many know that we can do God things without God motives? Come on, somebody. Listen, the work for God must be motivated and driven by love for God. Otherwise, it will not last. Remember the love that you felt when you first got saved? Can you go back a little moment right now and think about that day? I, I know that day. I know the day of March 15, 1995, when I gave my Lord. My life to the Lord went back again from being backslidden. I remember that day. I, it's a day. It's a, it's a celebration. It's, I remember that day. I, re, I, I remember it. I can write a book just on that day of the altar call and everything that took place of that day that got me to that church, uh, back to the Huntington Park Church, to uh, give my life to Jesus. I remember that day because I remember him forgiving me on the spot that day. And delivering me from alcohol that day. 
that day. I never drank alcohol again, never smoked anything. I, he delivered me completely that day. I remember that. Do you remember that day? Oh, she remembers that day. My kids probably don't remember that day, but my wife remembers that day. She's been waiting for that day. She's been praying 10 long years for that day. Whew, what a day. But it wasn't glorious. It wasn't. That day wasn't all I know that God saved me. And started my road to recovery, restoration, healing, deliverance. Boom, and making a preacher man. Hallelujah. Come on, you're shaping me. He, he's being transformed. Just the old skin popped out. Amen. Oh, 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 don't let me pop like right here. Amen. <laughs> I remember that day. I know who I was. You remember who you were? Don't forget where he pulled you from, church. We get, we get a little saved. We get a little sophisticated. We think we are. Oh, you don't remember that prayer. Oh, come on. You better remember where he took you from, where he delivered you from. I remember that day. Come on. Remember that day you got saved? It was the love of God that drew you to that altar. Come on, it was his love, amen, that, that forgave you of all your sins. Somebody say, all my sins. Tears flow from your face because the love of God touched your life. That love that wipes away all your past that very moment, amen. You rejoice because Jesus, somebody say Jesus, Jesus set you free. Amen. Woo, hallelujah, come on. Church, when we begin, listen, when we begin to lose sight of the seriousness of sin and we begin to lose the thrill, we start to begin to lose the thrill of our forgiveness. We forget what God has done. See, Peter, 2 Peter starts off about talking about faith and knowledge and self-control and kindness and perseverance and love. And he goes on to say in 2 Peter 1, 9, it says, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Come on, church. Don't forget what Jesus done for you. Come on, we got to go back to that altar. We got to go back to our first love, church. Remember how excited you were when you first got saved? You were on fire. Come on, we can stop you from coming to church. You came even early. Hey, anybody in there? <laughs> now you come and everybody's gone <laughs> because church is already over and you're late. <laughs> Come on, you remember how excited you were, amen? When's our next service? When's our next this, 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 that? You're excited. You got involved without being even asked. Well, I want to do something for God. Can I do something? Can I be this? Can I be that? Come on, I remember our first church, amen? People are excited. Can I be an usher? And I said, yeah. He goes, I don't have a tie. I started handing out ties. That's when we wear ties back then. Amen. It has nothing to do with holiness here, girl. Come on, guys. Well, it's a new church right there. No ties. No, shut up. <laughs> but we wore ties back, and everybody wanted to be, a, you know, and they were there, man. They were, they were there to their best. They, they went, and they bought, they found their best shirt or best pair of pads, and they were there with a, a tie that didn't match. 
But they didn't care, amen. They were serving in the church. They stood there all proud and said, yeah, God can use me. I just got saved last week. Yeah, God can use you. Do you know that he forgave you? you oh, yeah. He gave them purpose. They wanted to do something. Remember, that's that, that's that first love, church. Come on. They started serving right away, amen. They didn't know They didn't know a lot about the gospel, but they were glad they were saved. Come on, they, they knew that Jesus loved them and forgave them of all their sins. They stood there, amen, still, you know, just there, didn't have the proper smile, you know, or whatever, amen. They stood there and said, I love Jesus. Remember, Sister Jan's husband, Randy, remember Randy? See, I met Randy, you guys never met Randy. Sister Jan, who passed away, who's with Randy right now. But Randy came, and, he, and I said, you can, you can, can, I, can I usher this Sunday pastor? I said, yeah, go for it. He goes, you need a tie? He goes, no, I got one. And he came, and he was, he was in a shirt, amen. It wasn't, it wasn't ironed. He was all wrinkled, but he was standing proud. And he was there, amen. He was there. He's the first one to welcome me. Welcome, come to Pace Chapel. And he was just so excited, and he prayed the first prayer over that offering. Said, Brother Randy, pray for the offering. He was so proud standing there. Sleeve was up and turned. Time was not crooked and he was just there standing. I was like, man, look at that brother. He loved it. Come on, somebody remember that? Amen. You remember that? We had enthusiasm without knowledge. We didn't have a lot of, about, we didn't know a lot about Jesus, but we were excited and believing that we can do all things through Christ. But it seems now that Christians have knowledge without enthusiasm. I'm here to let you know that knowledge alone does not save you, church. The zeal for God's love does. God's not going to ask for diplomas. And resumes of what you've done when you come to meet him face to face. He's just going to look right at your heart. What did you do with my son? Did you love the people? See, when I, when I think as a pastor, he always tells me, do you love me, son? I say, you know I love you. God, Holy Spirit, do you love me? Oh, I love you, Holy Spirit. You're my best friend. Do you love me, Father? You're the beginning of all this. I, without you, I'm nothing. Then feed my sheep. Take care of my lambs. And that will prove that you love me. So I'm here because I love you. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm feeding you. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's ice cream. And sometimes it's things that you don't want to eat. Hallelujah. But it's good for you. Can somebody say amen? amen? Listen, both are necessary. We need knowledge. We need enthusiasm. But we're going to keep our love for God intense. Have you lost your first love? Hebrews chapter 10, 32 says this. Think back of those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remain, how you remain faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. 
The common English Bible says it like this. But remember the early days after you saw the light. You stood your ground while you were suffering from an enormous amount of pressure. Come on, church. Remember? Nothing rocked us. Come on, we kept serving God despite of the trials and the circumstances. Now we get hit with a trial problem arise, and we want to quit. We don't believe that all things are possible through Christ anymore. Hello. We got to get back to our first love. Our prayer should be, take me back to my first love, Lord. Every morning, take me back. I don't forget what you've done for me. Will we become a people that say, you know what, Jesus, you're enough. Come on. You're more than enough. You're enough. I'm, a, I'm in a storm. I'm a, but Jesus, you're enough. Jesus, if I got you, I got all I need. I don't need anything else. I got you, Jesus. Come on. I, I may not have any food in my refrigerator, but I got you, Jesus. You feed my soul, but you always take care of me too. If not, if we don't remember that, we don't stay there, church. It says in verse 5 of Revelations, chapter 2, Jesus will come and remove your lampstand from its place. Jesus will come and take this away. He'll remove it, church. Come on, it means that the church will not be effective anymore when he removes this. It may exist. It may have service on Sunday, but it will not be effective. It'll just be a gathering. Just as a seven-branched candlestick in the temple gave light to, for the priest to see, the churches were to give light to the surrounding communities, amen, family and friends. But Jesus warned them that their light could go out. In fact, Jesus himself would come and blow the light himself out. You ever had moments where you were on fire you're not in fire no more? <laughs> Your light's gone. That burning's gone. And if he did that, it will not fulfill the purposes that God intended to save us and give us a light for our church. The church needs to repent of its sin. Come on, sin's not preached a lot in churches today, but it needs to be preached once again back in the church. God is looking for sins to be repented, amen. If we are to remain the light and for revival to come, only comes through our church that has a repented heart. It starts from us down to you in order for revival to come. And if you don't, then you won't be effective. Church will come, revival's still coming, but he'll blow your light off and remove you from the church. What God's going to do, he's going to do with people that love him. And he's going to pour it out on them, church. We must repent of our sins. 
But not only will he blow out their lights, not only will they not be effective, like I said, eventually he removes you. I don't want Jesus blowing out our light here at PCLV. I, I don't want that. Who wants that? I don't want that, amen. And so I'm always going to make sure. And I'm going to try hard to be a minister that first can light a match. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. <laughs> And we'll always be burning for Jesus here. This lamp, this light will always remain here to be effective. Not only for this community, but for the lives that come into this church. We, say I, we have to be a light for each other. Because there are certain times that we go through darkness, church, as Christians. Come on. And sometimes we just need a little light. A little reminder to somebody to tell somebody, you know what? It's going to be okay. And sometimes you can just get your, all you need is somebody just to light the, whoa, 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 whoa. nice catch. It worked out perfectly, bro. <laughs> we planned that. <laughs> That we need each other in order for the light to remain, church. Come on. See, without Francisco there, the light could have fell and turned off. But we need each other to help it. We did practice that. You guys don't know that, huh? <laughs> He's going to say, yes, we did. No. <laughs> God is good. God always seems to put his own emphasis at times. And that's what he just did right now. Come on. Now, if it went the other way and burned him, <laughs> then it'd be a different story. But we need each other. Can somebody say amen? I don't want Jesus blowing out the light here. We are the light for Las Vegas. We are the light for this world. We are the light for our families, our friends and coworkers. We, say I, are the light. That's why you're important, each one of you. It doesn't matter what kind of light you are, you are a light. So be that light to somebody that you love and share that light to someone. Don't, don't, don't beat them over. Don't. You know, and I know some OGs. My mom, my mom's an OG, and she's, she she can she can pray, and uh, oh, she 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 can sometimes like <laughs> my kids sometimes or my ones that are not saved family members they kind of say, okay, I know, I know, Tia, I know, I know. But she that's her, that that's her own love. So you got we got to recognize those things. So when OGs come your way or new Gs come your way, hey, we're all meaning it for love. But sometimes we gotta say we gotta practice on how we say it. And it has to change inside our hearts. So we need the love of God, the agape love inside of us. To see a sinner just like God sees. And know that you're no different from them. We're no better than nobody else. We just seen the light, that's all. And our thing is to share that light to others so that they can see the light. Can somebody say amen?
Come on. When we take part in, in an activity that we know it's wrong, church, and we make excuses to justify our behavior, saying it's not as bad or it's not going to hurt our faith. When you are being selfish, you need to rethink your actions. Like I said, because you matter. You matter to those around you. You matter in this church. You matter to the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. So today, as I close, we see that Jesus commended the church of Ephesus for hating wicked practices. Listen, they didn't hate people, just their sinful actions, but they didn't do it and show it in love. We should accept and love all people, church. Come on, somebody. But refuse to tolerate evil. God cannot tolerate evil, and he expects us to stand up against it. The world needs Christians and disciples who will stand for God's truth and point people towards right living. Let's do what we do for God by getting back to our first love and then doing it in love. Let me end with this. In 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, that all that you do be done with love. Sign God. Amen. Let's all stand.